What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Progress on Purpose podcast, where we believe in intentional, purposeful living. We are a community of people who seek to be intentional about how we think and behave towards an intended goal. We believe that what we say, think, and do governs our ability to progress towards our goal and ultimately lead to success. Season one of the show, The Winning Season, concluded with episode 15, and I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to these episodes so that you can get some hefty gems on how to continuously walk in the greatest season in your life. If you are new to the show, welcome. I hope that you have subscribed and will continue to make progress on purpose with us. And if you are a pop listener, welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast. I know that you've already subscribed, rated, and shared the show with friends and family, right? Right. Listen, the goal for 2020 is to have 20,000 downloads and at least 1,000 ratings by the end of the year. And this is so doable. So all we have to do is work together and share the show. Give us that five-star rating so we know that the show is impactful for you. Thank you so much in advance. We are in season two of the show, a season entitled The Journey to Wholeness. This season was birthed out of a conversation back in episode three with my girl Lee Salter, and we talked about being intentionally fearless, and we realized that in order to be fearless, confident, and successful, you have to be mentally prepared and on a journey to become whole. So we decided right then and there, we said, listen, we got to do something about that. And therefore, we have the journey to wholeness. And Lee's actually coming back on for the show, of course. Couldn't do it without her. Um, So you'll hear from her later on in the season. Right now, uh, this is the segment of the show called Popping Out, where we highlight, celebrate, and give kudos to people or things in the media or otherwise, who are living intentionally to make progress towards their goal, make strides in the community or in the lives of others, or making this world better by doing what they need to do to serve themselves best or their family best. And today, I would like to talk about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, better known as the Dutch and Duchess of Sussex. They are teaching us a very, very, very important lesson. I don't know if you saw it, but this week they announced on their Instagram page that they'll be taking a step back as senior members of the royal family in order to carve out a new progressive role with their family. This is an effort to take care of their own mental health, even if it leads to some tough changes in their family. They have essentially said, listen, royal family. What you're not going to do is ruin my family just because of your toxicity and your rules and how you plan my wife out. And no, we're not going to do that. So I just want to congratulate them for taking such a huge, huge, risky step to better their own family and to make sure that the family that they're raising is one that is healthy, free from toxicity. Listen, sometimes you have to do what is best for you and not worry about what anybody else thinks. Okay. The second person that I would like to highlight is Miss Kalia Sellers. She is a 17-year-old student at University High School in Newark. She started a YouTube channel, and it's all about influencing others to do good in life. The channel is called K Productions. That's K-A-Y-Y 
Productions. And so I'm asking that you all go over to YouTube and support her. Listen, sometimes we just have to start, right? Start somewhere. And that's what she said. She wants to influence others to do good in life, even as far as just starting out, starting a YouTube channel. She does public interviews and even regular fun videos like getting ready with me, challenges, pranks, and just a little bit of everything. So if this is not necessarily for your you or for your taste, I'm sure there's someone in your life, especially someone around the age of 17, maybe push and give, who could benefit from what Kalia has to offer. So again, that's K Productions, K-A-Y-Y Productions on YouTube. Make sure you go and check her out. Thanks to BetterHelp.com for sponsoring this podcast. BetterHelp.com is an online therapy platform that connects you to a licensed therapist at a nominal cost of what you would pay at the office. Visit BetterHelp.com POP to get 10% off your first month of service. That's BetterHelp.com POP. Okay, guys, let's jump into this interview. I would like to present to you or introduce to you Lunik A. Boyd, also known as Lunik the Messenger. Lunik is a savvy business owner, award-winning community leader, and international speaker. She studied communications, broadcast television, and minor in journalism at Montclair State University, where she earned her bachelor's degree. Whoop, whoop, go Red Hawks. She worked for major networks such as Fox 5 News, My 9 News, and music executive Clive Davis, actress and TV host Whoopi Goldberg, for who she attributes finding her purpose with. She is the founder of God is Great Apparel, a company she created in 2017, shifting careers while still using that as a way to encourage others to share their own personal testimony with her signature quote, God is great, I am living proof. Without further ado, I present to you Lunik the Messenger. Hello, Lunik. Welcome to the Progress on Purpose podcast. I'm so excited that you could join us today during season two, the journey to wholeness. More than anything, it brings me great pleasure to have a platform to share you and your journey with everyone who is listening. After today, more and more people are not only going to know how dope you are, but you're going to be able to pour into so many people and inspire them to live an intentional, purposeful whole life pursue their passions and so much more and I have to tell you how we got connected my best friend actually uh showed me you on Instagram Mm -hmm. and uh I I, she said no you have to connect with her you gotta get her (laughs) and so I did I reached out to you I'm so happy that you were um you obliged and then on Christmas I think I told you this um I got a a hoodie from my brother he actually bought it for all the women in his uh family so Uh I was like this is amazing this is confirmation (laughs) right here I'm so souped so thank you so much for being on the show today um yeah welcome well Michelle thank you first and foremost I want to say thank you for reaching out thank you um for thinking it not robbery to um even look me up and then reach out um, and just to be on any platform to share my experience, my strength and my hope is what this life is all about for me. 
I'm a servant, so and I understand that. So I'm just here to serve you in any capacity that you need me to. I love that, and that's so beautiful. And you're not just serving me. You're sh- you're serving everyone who listens around the world. We have people who listen in Canada, in Afghanistan. Hey, Afghanistan. <laughs> yes, hey, Africa. It, hey, world. <laughs> yes, yes. This is amazing. Love so it. tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so this is always weird for me to talk about myself because I'm like... <laughs> So I am Lunik the Messenger. Um, I am from New Jersey, born and raised. My family is from Haiti. And I've done a few things, quite a few things. This journey has been um, a blessing and it's been a heck of a roller coaster ride just trying to figure out life and what it is that I really love to do. And I think I finally slammed, dunked, and landed on it after having several uh, ventures in my life. You know, I, my background is radio and television. I worked for uh, Fox and My Night News for a few years. Um, and I built this awesome network of people. But I think most importantly, I learned how to become an effective communicator in the process. And I didn't understand that all of that was necessary for where God has brought me to and what he's doing in my life and how he's using me you know, um, so here I am with you on a podcast about to talk about this awesome, powerful roller coaster journey of mine. Um, I'm a business owner and a nonprofit founder, and I'm also a student of life, you yeah. know. So here I am, just here to ready to answer any questions that you may have and hope that um, I can shed some light. And be some type of inspiration and motivation to those who are listening. Absolutely. No doubt. I know that you have this uh, campaign or movement. It's really a movement (laughs) called God is Great. I'm living proof. I see it all over the place on your t-shirts. It's on uh, bomber jackets now. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see where else it will show up. What spark? Listen, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) what sparked this movement and uh, talk a little bit about that as well as like the impact that that has had on others. It's funny because you never know, um, you know, when God gives you something and I'm always, I'm a real spiritual person and I believe, you know, that everything is a process and um, God is great. I am living to proof is actually my testimony. You know, I didn't understand how powerful it was in the beginning because a lot of people began to relate to it. Um, and I didn't even know that, you know, I, I'm a motivational speaker and I travel around the world. And one day I got off stage and I was in LA and every, you know, like usually when you get off stage, people want to come and talk and take pictures and hug and just kind of share, you know, their experience on what you said and how they felt and, you know, asking questions and all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was really powerful and it always happens. But this one woman, she was like, what do you have? I want to buy something. Do you like, she wanted a piece. She wanted to take something from me, you know, with her. And she told me that she was in India And that's where she was originally from. She was just here visiting and she was here with family and they brought her to this empowerment event. And I thought that that was amazing. So my goal was to always, you know, make money while I'm sleeping. I was like, God, how do I do that? I want to make money while I'm sleeping, you know, and be careful what you ask for because the universe will give it to you. (laughs) And um, because of my journey 
with addiction. You know, I shared on stage, like I always do, I'm really transparent about my life and my journey. I talked about being clean and how I was addicted to drugs for many years, how I was homeless and how I lost everything. And that I always had a relationship with God growing up, you know, because I grew up you know, very spiritual. My parents, my grandparents, I was always in church. I knew Bible studies and scripture. I was in the choir. And then, you know, later on things happened in my life and, you know, I took a left turn or right turn, whatever it is you want to call it. And things just spiraled out of control. Mm -hmm. And through that process of being homeless and using And just being completely out of my mind, I always knew, you know, that there was a God. And I always kept, you know, the stuff that was instilled in me as a little girl very close and near to my heart. Even when I was doing wrong, I knew it was wrong. But I knew somewhere or someday, you know, that I would be delivered. I just didn't know when. Mm -hmm. And I would always recite Psalms 23, um, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I remember the poem, um, the last paragraph of Footprints, you know, where God talks about, even though I, you don't see me, you know, even in you're doing your trials and your tribulations, you know, I'm there to carry you. And I always just kept that with me. And then one day I was laying down in the bed, this is many years later, about four years ago. And I was dueling on a thing and I came up with God is great, you know, and I laid down and I woke up and I called my cousin and I said, hey, cuz, can you come up with this really great dope logo? He's out in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And he did, you know, and he sent back this awesome logo that you see today that's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I didn't question it. I just thought it was real powerful. And I said, oh, my God. And I didn't try to change it. I didn't try to do anything. I just created it for myself. And then I printed a few shirts. I took a couple pictures. I wore it. And we all know the power of social media and I posted it and people in India and Africa were like, hey, I, how do I get that shirt? I want that shirt. And I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I took $48 that was in a change jar and I went and got some more shirts printed. And I said, oh, my God, I think I got something. So, Michelle, this wasn't even something that I knew would take on life the way that it has. But I knew that it was something very special you know, and I had to be intentional and in moving forward in that space and not be afraid to just take a chance because at that time I was in a dark place financially, you know, and I believe that where there is vision, there is provision. Mm-hmm. Meaning I understand when God gives you something and it, it's something that that will give him glory and that it will morph into more than eyes can see, you know, and, um, I had no idea really what it would morph into. I believed it would though, like deep down, I was like, oh my God. And I started saying, I could imagine this on this person and that person and this person. And I just spoke a lot of that stuff into existence and I just kept moving. I kept taking the money that I made and I kept doing it over and over. And then before you know it, it kind of took a life of its own. And now a few celebrities are wearing it. Mm -hmm. I just did an awesome pop-up at Livingston Mall in New Jersey. Like I'm the first one, I could say I'm the first female, black female entrepreneur who's had a spot in Livingston Mall, yes. you know, and did a pop-up into that magnitude where you bring thousands of people to a mall that's dying actually, you know, to come and get this product 
you know, and the testimonies and the things that took place during that time was absolutely powerful. I mean, I didn't create it. I believe he did. Yeah. So that's really cool that what you created and what, first of all, you said so much (laughs) when you were in that place of not knowing, uh, losing everything. And we're definitely Mm going to jump into that. I got some questions there, Mm -hmm. but just the fact that you took what came out of that and Mm -hmm. you, um, you develop something, you allow God to develop something so many times. I mean, you hear this in church all the time, right? Like your, your misery is your message or Mm -hmm. what you're going through is going to be that, which allows you to minister to someone else and help your test is your test. Your test will eventually be your testimony. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the times I know for me, I think about that one sided, like, okay, I'm going through something so that I can help somebody else in the church or in ministry some kind of way. Or, Mm -hmm. I mean, mean, you can think about it in other ways, too. I'm not saying that. But Mm -hmm. it's amazing how you took what you you, uh, came out of Mm -hmm. and you took it to the world through Mm -hmm. merchandise. Like, that is really, really cool. And I just want to let you know that um, I think that it is... What's the word that I'm looking for? It's true ministry to be able to um, take what you're going through mm-hmm. and create something so that someone else could be helped and could be better. Right. And so thank you. <laughs> for that. And I'm sure you have touched so many lines, lives. Like how has that one motion like you were you were discussing, how has that allowed you to share your message, to share your testimony? Because a lot of people always say, where did the message derive from? Okay, what's the story behind this? Yeah, You know, they like the logo. They like my energy. And, you know, I believe the spirits attract spirits. And I believe that energy attracts energy. Um, And believe it or not, we're always either coming from something in the middle of something or about to go through something. Mm Mm-hmm. So I believe that that's real powerful. So when you see people laughing or they're going through something, you can always be of some type of light. And if you've ever been to my website, the first thing you see when you get there, it says be a light. Because if I can be transparent and share my story and be vulnerable and transparent, I believe that it allows other people to be the same way and not feel like that they have to hide or be ashamed or, you know, take some of that stuff to their grave. You know, it's, it's funny because so many people share their stories with me behind that phrase, that quote, you know, that ministry mm-hmm. and the bombs they drop on me. Sometimes I'd be like, Ooh, you know, sometimes it's a heavy load and you never expect or ever think You know, you can look at somebody and not even know where they just came from, what they just over, you know, what they've just survived. And that's been very, very powerful. And not only am I being a blessing, I'm grateful for that, but they are blessing me, Mm. letting me know, like, thank you for doing this. And I'm like, and they wear it. And when they, you know, when they wear it, they share it, they repost it in there. They're happy about it. It's sort of like it gives them an opportunity to wear it. And then someone asks them about it and then they get the opportunity to share their story. Mm. 
Do you get what I'm saying? So it's more yes. than just me sharing mine. When they wear it, people are like, oh, I like that. Where'd you get that from? Okay, what's, well, I got this shirt because I am living proof. Be, uh, ba, 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 and they yeah. go and, you know, so it's like a ripple effect, like a domino effect. And that's, I couldn't have predicted that. Mm. One of the things you just said, and I wrote it down, trust me, I'm going, I'm going to share it later this week <laughs> and tag you in it. You said transparency helps other people not take things to the grave. Mm -hmm. And there are so many of us who are carrying, wait, first of all, we smiling, we oh, going yeah. to work, we mm -hmm. raising children, we mm -hmm. are married. But we are struggling. We're carrying secrets. We're carrying yep. burdens. We're, yep. you know, carrying hardships that we just can't talk about. Or right. we don't have the right outlet to talk about it. Or we don't right. have the friends that, you know, we can confide in. You know what? There are so many people I'm realizing um in even just in the within the last year, I met so many people that don't have friends yep. or, or the friends that they have. They don't feel they could confide in. And as a as an educator, um, I see this all the time too. Working with kids, they are they're not sure how to navigate what a real friendship looks like. So they'll tell right. their business to somebody, and mm -hmm. then you know within twenty four hours their business is on social media or running around the school, and they're like, "Well, I thought this person was a friend. We've been together since kindergarten. We right. in tenth grade. How is it right. that you don't know <laughs> that it's okay? It's not okay to share my business. We and don't know how to compartmentalize right. people. What do you, you mean? Know, by we that? don't know how to, huh? What do you mean by that? Like putting friends in perspective, I always say that everybody can't have a front row seat in your life. Mm. Like if um, everybody can't come to the show, everybody can't come to your house and sit and dine with you, you know, in your dining room or in your kitchen, you know, some people may be able to, you know, you might pull up to your house and they may be able to run inside and go to the bathroom, but that don't mean that they're your friend. Yeah. They may have been around for 10, 20 years. That doesn't mean that they're your friend. Sometimes convenience is what brings people together. Yeah. And I think misery loves company. And when you compartmentalize your friends, you have to know, like, these are my girlfriends that I hang out and I party with. These are my girlfriends that I can bring an, a business idea to and they'll help me build and navigate and kind of hash it out. Mm -hmm. You know, these friends over here, I know if I'm going through something and financially I can call on this friend to maybe help me pay a bill or at least direct me in the right direction where I can get some help. And these are my friends that I can call and cry to and talk about my marriage or how I'm feeling inadequate or insecure. Um, and I can celebrate life with them or, you know, my first baby or calling them and saying, Hey, I got engaged or that's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like everything is not for everybody. So you have to know what friends are where because I have my friends in groups and when I celebrate life I actually bring them all together mm. because my friends my enemies or the ones that I think are my friends but secretly are hating are my enemies I bring them all together because I want them to to experience God's glory mm -hmm. because I you know I believe that it's important and to know who people are in your life yes. and where they stand and what their role is. Everyone has a role, mm -hmm. you know, and that's important to know. You know, you can't tell everything to everybody, but that's why when I, I meditate and I pray and I fast and I go to God with my deep, deep, deep secrets mm -hmm. because I know when I pray fast and meditate, that's a personal 
journey. That's I go inside for that because we seek validation from other people too much. Mm -hmm. We're looking for other people to solve our problems too much. When you go inside and you dig really deep and you're willing to be vulnerable and transparent in your own truth and be honest with yourself, you can actually be delivered from your problems because it's you versus you. You're the enemy. And um, to that point, I heard <laughs> yeah. to that point, I heard a sermon earlier today, actually, Darius Daniels of Change Church down in South Jersey. He mm-hmm. was talking about how, um, of course, he was using the word to, to talk about how um, we have to evaluate our friendships. Mm-hmm. I believe he was coming from Proverbs 13 and 8. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about how. Um, you how we have to evaluate our friendships on a seasonal basis absolutely and so to that point yes i agree we have to compartmentalize our friends and you know even understanding what a true friend is right um because the bible says that the friend you know loves closer than a brother right and so um we have to understand you know everybody that we call a friend is not a friend but but you have to first know how to be a friend yeah that's true. Because if you too. don't know how to be a friend, you won't attract the right friends mm. that you need in your life to you. That is so true. And it's on time. I was actually sharing a conversation with uh, my students the other day. We have like this girls group. And one of the things that I talked about um, that I wanted to um, work on for 2020 is being a better friend um, so that I'm able to, one, um, you know, pour into my friends even the more. And mm-hmm. pour in the right things with the in the right attitude, in the right spirit, support mm-hmm. them. Um, and also just like you said, attracting more friends was one of the things now that I'm married, I want one one of our prayers is to have married couples, married friendships that mm-hmm. we can grow together. Right. I tell my husband all the time how um when I look at my parents, their friends and you know, all of them together, they all grew up they they what they glue up, glowed up together. Right, right. right? Uh-huh. So when one bought a house, another one bought a house, one right. got a business, they all, mm-hmm. you know, poured into that business. And that's yep. the kind of um relationship that I wanna cultivate with my friends and people who, you know, we come to know who are married and stuff like that. So that is so, 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 so on point. And so um, <laughs> as you as you walk through your journey to wholeness, how have friendships played a role in you being whole? Um, friendship to me was really, really important. And I, I needed both. I needed, I needed those lessons. I needed the friends to backstab me. I needed, um, people to be true to me. I needed people to be loyal to me. Like, because you don't know until you know, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and I said this before that you have to first learn to be a friend before you can expect someone else to be your friend. Because if you're not a friend first, how do you know what that looks like? Mm-hmm. It's sort of like if I'm not a loyal person and I'm not in, I've never been in a monogamous relationship or I'm not striving to be in one, how do I know what that looks like? What should my expectations be? And sometimes who you are is not necessarily who your friend will be, mm-hmm. you know, cause sometimes you need that balance in your life. You need, I think the journey to friendship and wholeness for me has always been 
evaluating certain things, but always just being who I am and not being afraid of like someone leaving, talking about me or backstabbing me to thy own self be true. I just always want to just be myself. And it's okay that you can't reciprocate my friendship. Mm -hmm. It's okay because I understand I have to meet you where you are Mm -hmm. and allow you to go through your process and be who you are. Because once upon a time, I didn't know how to truly be a friend. I had to learn that, Mm -hmm. you know, so being transparent in all that I am and I take me everywhere, like, as my friend, you can't ask me to leave 70% of me outside and only allow 30% in. So I expect that of you too. If you're like a person that talks about people, you gossip and you're not loyal, that doesn't mean I won't be your friend. I might just have a certain level of capacity to deal with who you are. And then once I reach that level, it's time for me to kind of move on and know where to compartmentalize you and place you in my life. Mm -hmm. So you can't come to my house and sit at my table and be my friend in that capacity. You can't hang out with me and my husband because you like to sleep with other people's husbands or boyfriends. I it, like friends will it, it and this goes back to the saying people will tell you who they are when they do believe them yes. listen to them don't try to say well oh, well maybe I'm gonna try one no they just told you who they are believe them yeah and that's I, just being myself and allowing other people to be who they are and eventually the truth will reveal itself mm, I love that I always uh, think about that exact thing when my Angelo said, when people show you who they are, believe them. And oh, I, believe so. I always add to it. I say, you know what? It's up to me to yep. change or to adjust yep. how I Because you're the only person them. you can change. Exactly. You're the only person that can change that situation because you are dealing with you. Yeah. You can't change another person. So, yeah. So you talked about your journey with addiction. Um, and in your case, your addiction was drugs and so many other people have so many other addictions, addiction to food, addiction to sex, addiction. Oh, everybody's to... addicted to something. Listen, <laughs> so I want to know. Instagram, social media, other people. Yeah. Tell me sometimes I got to shut my phone off because I'm like, I, I, I can't look at this right now. <laughs> I'm I need... at it. Right. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You got to evaluate. <laughs> yeah. Did you identify why you began using? Was there something? that was going on in your life that caused you to choose uh, that form of uh, pain relief or relief? It really wasn't a, it was a choice that I made at the time. I didn't know that it would become a crutch. I didn't know, um, I I didn't identify as an addiction at first. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't even know that I had addictive behavior and the truth was the first time I used cocaine. We could talk about that, right? You be sure the, can. Okay. No, <laughs> the first time no we talked addiction about, is greater I, than the other. <laughs> right. No sin is greater than That's another it. sin. Um, marijuana was a drug that I used um, as a social drug and I drank, you know, alcohol, whatever, but it wasn't something that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And I think cocaine was introduced to me Um, and this is stuff that's going to be in the book that I just finished writing, um, that's coming out November, 2020 of this year. Um, I talk about 
not wanting to deal with that pain of that situation that happened that day. Mm. And I confided in someone um, and I shared what took place and she handed me a $20 bill and said, here, girl, bye. It'll make it all go away. Mm. You know, instead of going, wait, what happened? Oh my God. Or wait a minute, what are you saying to me? But that was where she was. She had already been using, she was already addicted. I didn't know that, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause she liked to powder her nose as we call it. Mm-hmm. And I took my pinky and I never dreamed that that one sniff would change the rest of my life. And not necessarily that I liked the way it felt, but it was a form of numbing yeah. that I became addicted to or liked because every time I felt pain, it would, it's like Novocaine, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it numbed me. So the, the feeling of what took place kept reoccurring and I couldn't get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And I was ashamed. I didn't want to tell anyone. I thought it was my fault. Um, so I tried to bury it as much as I can, you know, and that was a drugs was my escape. And before you know it, my body had become accustomed to having it. So I did what I had to do to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I emptied out a few bank accounts. I uh, borrowed, I stole, I lied, I cheated. I did a whole lot of stuff to get one more, you know. Um, and then it became more about the drug and the addiction than what I was originally trying to hide Mm -hmm. or run from, if that makes sense. It does. And so how did you, Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, how did you uh, then begin to free yourself from that addiction? What was that journey like? Freeing myself was a process. You know, um, I knew that I Uh, Didn't belong where I was. I knew eventually that I would have to face the music, if you will. I knew that one day that I would have to come out of this a coma because that's really what it was. Um, I knew that I deserved better. I know that my mom and my grandmother and my family had instilled a whole lot of spirituality and a whole lot of better morals. Um, And I knew that there had to be something else. I didn't want to die on the street because that's where it was headed. Um, I was near death a few times. I was held at gunpoint. You know, I was in places that I shouldn't have been in. Um, It drove me pretty much to a place of really dark where, Mm -hmm. you know, when I did get a little clarity, I didn't want to come up from it because I knew if once I got clean, I was going to have to face a lot of people and I would have, I was going to have to explain a lot of things. But, um, even when I was using, I was praying. Mm-hmm. Like I prayed, I prayed a lot. I cried a lot. Um, I just begged God, you know, I said, God, if you would just remove the taste from my mouth that I promise that I will give you glory for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then, I tried a few times. I didn't um, get clean right away, but there was a light bulb, if you will, that came on and I, I, I struggled with it. 
a few times. And one day I, I got the courage enough to pick up the phone and I called a rehab, which was, which I knew nothing about, but I believe it was through prayer that I was led to that because I didn't know anybody that's ever been to rehab. I didn't know to talk to anybody about getting clean. I didn't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. I was in denial. I, I think I was a size zero by the time I decided that I was, that this was wrong and I had had enough You know, um, I don't even know if that was my bottom bottom, Mm. as they call it. But I knew like I I was running from my family. I couldn't face them. I couldn't go to events. I wasn't going nowhere. Like I was in my room in the dark all the time. I was in my car, you know, for days at a time. Mm -hmm. So one day I called the rehab and I told the guy, Scotty, I'll never forget. I said, if he's said, oh, we may have a bed for you in a few days. And I said, I don't have a few days. I said, I, this, today is it. Yeah. You know, I said, if I don't get in here today, I may not make it till tomorrow. And he was like, oh my God, hold on a second. So he said, if you can get to this place and get me a dirty urine or an evaluation, he gave me an address and I went. And um, that next morning at 6 a.m., I had... Uh, had my sister drive me to the 28 day program where I began to just get a little bit of clarity and I checked myself in and I had been there for a while and I, I wanted to leave because I had that monkey on my back mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, eventually, you know, I got out, I got it together. Then I fell apart again. It took me a few times. And then I think, you know, I kept, I went back to church. I was, and I, you know, it's not so much like the church building. I think it was more so like just getting back into my spirituality, feeling and stop numbing, just hearing birds chirp again. People think they laugh when I say that. I'm like, I forgot what the sound of street, the street and horns, because I was numb for so long. And I began to hear things that I wasn't hearing before. Mm. Um, and just the willingness, like I had a lot of willpower, like I, I, like I couldn't wait for the 28 day. Like I wanted to see what it felt like to be on the other side again. Mm-hmm. And I just fought and fought. I cried, I kicked, I screamed, I wanted out of the rehab, but I stayed, you know, I stayed because I was like, I may not get this chance again. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so the second time around, I relapse I think and then finally I got it together I'm so happy for you first of all (laughs) I mean I'm sitting over here like thanking God that you um you endured the journey because Mm -hmm. it's not easy um you said that you knew that you didn't belong there Mm-hmm. You didn't belong there from the beginning. And that's so, Mm-mm. that's like so many of us. We know where we are. We know uh-huh. we are not supposed to be there, but we're not mm-hmm. sure how to get out. Um, even last week, I'm not sure if you heard the episode, but I talked about being sick and tired. And I shared how, for me, um, I'm struggling with like, like affection. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's that's something that is a challenge because mm-hmm. hello, I'm not single anymore, right? And and I'm also a, a mom to a bonus daughter, so me mm-hmm. struggling with a, affection, mm-hmm. um, affection in a sense you're not getting it or you don't want it, you don't know how to I re- receive it. I reject it sometimes, and I okay. don't really, and I reject it because I don't know how to receive it properly. 
okay. and because I'm scared to it sometimes. You're scared. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you're scared because you're going to have to reciprocate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I want to do it on my own terms, you right. know? And so it's, it's, um, but, but like I was saying, I know what it should look like. Like, like you said, you know, you don't, you don't belong there. You know where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know that. Um, it's almost like you feel like you don't deserve it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly where I was. And, uh, oh, girls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's where I was. And, 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 and I'm not all the way out of it. So it's kind of like a was slash is. Um, but- right. It was slash is because now once you accept it and you feel like you, you are worthy of it. Now it's time to do the work. Yes. And so it's the work. It's, it's the, the work. work. Right. It's that it's 28 days, like you said, and then it's and, the work and going in and going out. And for me, mm-hmm. the work, the work for me has been like intentionally being more affectionate, like mm-hmm. showing the affection. So I know, yep. okay, this was okay. It wasn't that yep. bad. This was yep. kind of comfortable. Okay. I yep. could do this again. And you know, yeah, yeah. and, and so I, I said all that to say, um, when you talked about not belonging um, I think that is so profound because we 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 come into this world right. We're raised, um, you know, one way or another, and somewhere along life, we start to understand or realize that some of the things that we're in, we don't we no longer want to be there, and, and we that's don't, okay. We don't belong there, right? And and like you said, you realize that all along you were praying all along, fasting mm-hmm. all or not. Well, were you fasting during that time? Yeah, I was fasting. I wasn't eating on pur- not on purpose, but <laughs> <laughs> but you- I couldn't eat. I didn't want that to eat. I was a size zero girl. I wanted a drug. All I wanted was that thing that would numb me and make the pain go away. And then eventually, I didn't know if what the pain was anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the journey- but I knew I didn't belong. I knew I I knew. We all know, right? We know. Mm-hmm. We know, like there's this thing, you know that turns us upside down that's yeah. a burning there's this burning desire um but we get so comfortable mm. in in the space of like oh i know how to do this like i know how to mope i know how to be miserable i know how to just get up every day prepare my clothes the night before get up take a shower do my hair do my makeup in the car check my email go to work eat my lunch with my coworkers, do what it is i do at work and i can't wait to get home and then turn around and do that vicious cycle over and over again. When there's a thing that keeps us up at night, Mm. we toss and we turn in our bed, we cry in our pillows because we know that life, there's more to us. Like God did not create us to be complacent. He did not create us to settle. He did not create us to be mediocre. He created us for great things. He created us to be greater people. Like he created us in his image. He created us to do more, to see more, to be more, you know, but the work that we have, we have to surrender who we are in order to be who God wants us to be. Mm. Like we have to let go of our fetal position of act, you know, of feeling what's the word Um, incompetent. You know, Mm -hmm. there are people with no degrees who walk into a room and can close a business deal without a bunch of letters behind their names because they're 
fearless. They walk in that thing that they know that they have, even if they go back to their fetal position after. Mm-hmm. There's people that know how to do the turn it on and off switch, which, which can be dangerous. But you know you deserve affection. You know that you can give affection. But it's sort of like there's something that happened that clicked that you never unclicked. Mm-hmm. So you got to go back and you got to visit whether it was a past relationship that you got hurt in that didn't work out because you gave it all you had or somebody cheat, like whatever the situation was, there's some trust issues and there's something that makes you feel inadequate Yeah, that you have to deal with. And the problem with us is for me, 28 day program was like going to therapy mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with going to therapy. Nothing. Therapy is therapeutic. Yes. It's a place where you go and you could just blah and you could get the help that you need because you're really speaking to your internal person, mm. your inner child. You have to go back and you have to find her mm-hmm. and you have to ask her for permission to release you mm. because you're the only one holding you back. Do you know how beautiful it would be if you would just let go and allow yourself to be vulnerable? Even if you get hurt, it's an experience. You get over it. It may hurt for a little while, but like there's a light at the end of every tunnel. You can't be afraid to move. You can't be afraid to get up. You can't be afraid to shake that thing off and say, you can't hold me. You gotta, you you gotta be able to, to say, you know what? Enough is enough. You gotta get up and you gotta be willing. You gotta be motivated. You gotta find that thing that will supersede the fear, the hurt, the pain, the inadequacy, and know that you are enough. You're more than enough. You're capable of so, like, I wish we knew who we really are. Yeah. <laughs> like, if we could just get with that, because that's what I had to get with. And it's not perfect every day. Michelle, I'm telling you, if we could just figure out who we are and walk in that thing. My God. How did you do it? How did you figure it out? I, it's, it's a process. You just got to keep on walking. You got to keep telling yourself there are days where I do not want to get out the bed, believe it or not, not as much now as like the few years ago, but I, I, I meditate, I pray, I do affirmations. I tell myself that I'm enough. I am powerful. I am beautiful. I can do all things like God created me. I am dope. I am phenomenal. God is great. I am living proof. Like I recite and I repeat these things to myself sometimes in the bed, in the shower, while I'm walking, while I'm crying, mm. like, cause it's inside. It's that little voice that keeps whispering to you. And if you don't learn to shut that thing up, it's going to overpower you. And it's always going to take the day. You want to win the day. You don't want the voice to win the day. And overcome. 
the whole day. And then sometimes that day turns into two days, a week, a month, a year. You look back five years, you're like, oh my God, how did I get here? Why am I still here? Yeah. You know, I think me being boisterous and, and me being a motivational speaker, I'm always talking to me because mm. I'm hearing my voice. Mm -hmm. And if I'm motivating, if I'm going out, on stage and I'm telling you that you can do it. These are the steps, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking to me. I have to live what I'm saying. I got to walk the walk, not just talk to talk. And it's not always easy. Like it's not something where I'm like, poof, I got to figure it out because therapists have therapists. Yeah. It's a constant process of elevation. It's a constant, you know, thing where you have to remind yourself whose you are and who you are, you know, you have to, sometimes I have, I'd be in the bed like, oh, I will scream so I could get out the bed. Mm. I will pray and I will continue to repeat that thing until I'm out the bed. Some days I'll get up and fall to my knees first. I'll never forget. I remember I was watching Denzel Washington and he was speaking and thought, I'm not going to quote him verbatim, but he says he gets up every single morning at night he puts his slippers so far up underneath the bed that when he gets up, he has no choice but to fall to his knees first, mm. you know, and everybody that's listening may not be, you know, God fearing or spiritual or, um, believe in God or whatever, but there is a power a force. There is something in the universe that is a, you're connected to, you have a direct link yeah. to power you have a direct connection to the source of greatness mm. and you were not created to be mediocre. Nope. Like you were created to invent something, to do something great, empower somebody else. And, you know, in innovation, like, and just be at peace, man. So every day is a process. How I do it, I I do it. The doing is how you do it. Yeah, you the doing. Do it hurt, do it confused, do it scared, do it shaking, do it not knowing, doing it, do it with nothing, do it with having nothing. I started this business with $48 in a change jar. And the belief that it could be done. Man, you, if you don't believe, I won't believe. <laughs> I got to believe it so much that when you see me doing it and over and over, you be, you begin to be like, you know what? I need to jump on board. Cause I think she, she, I believe it. Yeah. You make other people believe it. Yeah. You gotta make other people believe it because I can't sell, keep selling the stuff back to me. I can't wear everything. Right. My job is to spread the message. My job is to help free people. And I said this and I'll say it again. Many of us has the key to unlock somebody's prison. Mm. And we are holding onto that key and afraid to turn it. 
We're afraid to move in our destiny. We're afraid to move in our purpose. We're afraid to do what God has called us to do because we feel like we're going to be judged. We're not enough or we don't have the know-how. We don't have the capacity. We don't have the ability. When you made all of that up, none of that is true. Yeah, it's the story that we tell ourselves. The lie that we tell ourselves you when are you going to stop lying to you you don't like to be lied to from somebody else so why would you lie to yourself mm-hmm. Lunik, first of all i have to tell you you're the first person that i interviewed that i had to stop taking notes <laughs> <laughs> and just receive 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 um this journey to wholeness idea to even have this segment started back in episode three, mm-hmm. I had a conversation with uh, Lee Salter and we talked about being intentionally fearless mm-hmm. and it's so amazing how fear, like how fear just is so crippling and mm-hmm. it literally is the, the very thing that is, uh, it leads into all of the other stuff that we talked about today mm-hmm. And I believe that's why in the word it says that God has not given us the spirit of fear. Yeah, like that's right. the only place that I can that I know of in the word mm-hmm. where it talks about what he didn't give us. What he didn't give us. Exactly. Right. And so and it's because it's so it's the thing that's so crippling like it's so satanic. And yep. if we can if we can um learn like you said who we truly are. And that's that's where the journey is. And I love that you said it's in the doing. Like for me, that's that's going to be my thing for the rest of the year. Like I'm doing it. I'm yeah. doing it. Do it scared. Do it yes. alone. And this is, a you know, in, in the doing, it gets lonely, yeah. Michelle. It gets lonely. Your friends start to fall off. People say you've changed or you're changing. And they're not comfortable with your greatness. They're not, com- they're okay with being side by side, mediocre with you. They're okay with being on the same page. You have to do it so that you can elevate yourself and get into rooms and start to have conversations with people that know more than you, yeah. that you can actually learn from. I don't like being the smartest person nope. in the room. <laughs> nope. I don't like, I like, I'm no genius. I'm not like, you know, I'm not a book smart person. I barely got A's in school, but I always knew deep down inside that I was powerful. Like I knew that, yeah. like I knew it. And then people tried to damper it and it got dampered a little bit more and a little bit more. Yeah. But the doing as I walk in my walk and I listen to my other classmates from when I was a child, see me now. And they're like, oh my God, Lunik. And they're seeking advice from me. Mm. And I'm like, you guys used to make fun of me. You guys used to make me, huh? Isn't that funny? Yeah, because they tell me now, because I remember people always telling me, you're too loud. Shh, lower your voice. Why you laugh so loud? Girl, you so loud. Guess what? I get paid to speak and be loud now. Mm. Because people will try to dim your light because they feel like you're being too much. And what you're being is everything that you are supposed to be. That's right. How do I know that I'm too loud? What does too loud mean? Yeah. No, just let me, you can't ask me to leave 70% of who I am outside and whisper. And when I try to whisper, I feel like I'm choking. But the doing is the blessing, you know. And, And I hate to quote Nike, but I was reading up on him the other day. You know, how he built his empire. Yeah. 
you know, and he built his empire by doing just do it. And it was called something else. I forget the blue something before it, um, he changed it to Nike, but the swoosh and all of that, like there's a whole theme behind it. Mm. And he believed in it. He was selling that stuff and that dream to people. And he didn't even have the things that he told them that he had in order to manifest the things that he was believing in. But they bought into it. Yeah. You know, he and believed it. He, he believed it. Mm. And if you believe it and you do it and then you you continue to do it, which is the action part that we're all afraid to. Yeah. Because every next level requires a new you. Yeah. You can't stay where you are. You got to grow. Lonick, you are inspiring so many business owners, so many dreamers, so many parents, um, and just people who have an idea that sometimes we're too afraid to, you know what? It's not that we're too afraid to launch it. Like a, there, there are people who are afraid to launch it, but then there's a, there's a bunch of us who launch and then we kind of just like taper off. Cause it's like, ah. yeah, because we feel like it's supposed to look like something else. And it's supposed to take off and skyrocket in the first week. Right. No, no, you have to plant the seed yeah. and you have to water it and you have to come back and you have to check on it. And a couple leaves might fall off, but the tree is still growing because you're growing. You are the fruit of that seed. Yes. Yep. And as long as you keep moving and it's not going to happen and one day you're going to look up like I did, I looked up and there I was in the, I didn't know how the, the Livingston Mall pop-up shop was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I believed it. I saw it. I didn't know how I was going to set up the table. I didn't know how I was going to do the display until me and my husband rolled those barrels up there. Mm-hmm. I promise you, there was no blueprint. The blueprint was in my head. But because I'm a doer, yeah, and because I move in the spirit, when God says move, I move. Because when it's him, the the process is seamless. Yeah, yeah. There isn't like all these tug of wars because we want to do stuff in the flesh mm-hmm. and God moves in the spirit. You're talking right. And I was just like, okay. He was like, my husband, we put the barrels down. He says, okay, babe, now what? I was like, just go get the rest of the stuff. I'm going to figure it out. By the time he came upstairs, there was three, four tables. There was tablecloths being put. And I'm telling you, and that's why I posted to, I was like, guys, I just did the display. This is the, I'm still tweaking it. Let me know what you guys think. I stepped back and I looked. I said, okay, it's coming together. Yeah. And before I could finish, people were coming up to the table Woman, lady was testifying. People were crying. And I was like, wait, what? Mm. That's God. That's not me. He wanted that to take place. Mm. And when it's a tug of war and you feel stuck, go back to the, go back to the source. God is the source of all of it. Go back to him. Ask him, God, what do you want? Cause I did a night. I'm going to tell you, I did a night, Michelle, I did a 90 day fast mm. and it wasn't like perfect. Like I wasn't three, you know, like um, you know, praying 24 hours, but it was like, I, I wanted to shred, to shed and, and release and just walk in my truth. Yeah. And I said, God, what is it that you want me to learn during these 90 days? What do you want me to do next? Whose life do you want me to impact? Show me and I'll walk. 
And after the 90 days cleanse, I promise you, that's exactly what took place. Oh, I believe it. And I, I was like, wow. <laughs> My husband came upstairs and he was like, okay. And we just moved. We started folding. I said, okay, babe, I think we should put this here, that here. This, this. And but I had no idea. We had no storage. Mm. We have nothing for that stuff. Mm. And he was like, all right, how are we going to lock it up? I was like, we're going to figure it out. Hmm. And we did. Who's going to work these 30 days? 10 hours a day, 12 hours, whatever it was. Mm. It all <laughs> it runs was, together. <laughs> but it, it all worked out. Oh, like, wow. it was such a beautiful experience. And I'm still getting calls from the girls that work in the stores. Like, we miss you. Oh, my God, every time we walk past, you're not there anymore. Can we still order stuff from you? Like, I came to do what God wanted me to do, and then I, I left. It was such a peaceful and beautiful transition. But what if I doubted? What if I was fearful? What if I felt like I wasn't enough? What if I felt like no, I could have felt like, you know what? What if nobody don't buy nothing? But I had to put that energy out there every morning. I would walk across that space and I would pray over it. I said, God, every single person that comes across this table that walks in this space, they will look up and they will see you. They will look past me and see you. Because it wasn't me. It was him, truthfully. Yeah. And I would pray over it. All right, God, what are we doing today? How, what kind of day are we going to have? And I would you know, I would say my, my meditation. I would repeat my affirmations. And people were showing up and showing out. There were days where it was slow, but it didn't matter. Mm -mm. And I wanted to, some people probably felt like I was showing off or I was whatever, but I was glorifying. Listen. Like I was really like showing people that you can do this. That's all That's I see. <laughs> right. I wanted y'all to know, like, yo, do it. If you're thinking about doing it, do it. Is it going to be easy? Heck no. Are you going to have bad days? Heck yeah. Right. Is everything going to fall apart in the middle of it? Yes. Mm -hmm. So what? There is nothing like living with regret. I never want to know what would have happened if I didn't take that opportunity. Listen. Mm -mm -mm. I never want to know. Oh, man, I wonder if I could have. You know, there's some things I say no to and I'd be like, hmm, you know, and I let it ride. But there's some things that I just definitely like, I'm not afraid to walk in. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes. Yeah, there are some things. There are some things that I know, like if I don't do, I'm going to live with this regret. Yep. So I don't. I, I, I'm like, oh, man, I don't never want to know what it felt like because that was an opportunity of a lifetime. There were people that kept saying, how did you do this? How did you get up here? Mm. I'm still trying to explain it. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. But deep down inside, I know, you know, Michelle, yes. you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yes. You yes. can't be afraid to start the, the, the idea because if it's him, he'll help you. He'll put the right people in your life to help you do it. And then he'll say no to some things because it doesn't match with what you're doing. Don't look at the rejection and the setback as a bad thing. He's using those things because there's something else that's supposed to be in that space. Yeah. And I was just about to ask you or say the timing has to be right too, because had it been, you know, right after you come out of your, you came out of your situation, the timing 
depending on where you were emotionally or I wasn't ready. You weren't ready. And so now is the time. And I believe that's why it's taken off like a rocket in the last couple of years. And it's, it's something that's given him glory. This is not my, this is not my nonsense. And I've had several failed businesses. Mm. This wasn't my first venture. Mm -hmm. And I shared this in the beginning. I believe I've had several ventures, Mm -hmm. but this one, the timing was perfect because of all the work that I did before that. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like I learned, you know, I had to find the right printer. I had to make sure that I can produce these products. I had to make sure that I already had a following, that I built credibility, right. that people were already purchasing from me, that my Instagram was um, in place, that my Shopify was in place, that people could still buy online. And I had posters, I had testimonies. Like every, you got to believe that everything that you've done up until this point has all been preparation. Yeah. You are helping me. I don't know who else is being helped, but I know I'm being helped. And <laughs> and I've shared here on the show before that um, one of my goals is to relaunch my timeline. And I talked about how for a while I was just unmotivated, you know, but even in my, even when I was unmotivated, God would show me that I I can't give up on it yet. Either and he'll someone, show you somebody else doing it. Listen. You'd be like, oh, that's my, oh. Right. And he'll, it, real that's quick, like, listen, I could give this away if yeah. you don't want it. <laughs> and he will. He will. And, and he will. But he'll give it back to you. Yes. And, and one of the things that happened to me was in my meditation time, one time he woke me up at four o'clock in the morning. Ooh, won't he do it? He will. And I look at it every single time I sit at my desk. It's sitting right in front of me right here. Mm-hmm. He gave me. Waiting a, for you. Listen, a 6, 12, and 18-month plan with everything I need to get it done. Mm-hmm. And then you know what happened to me? What? Fear. Of course. And so I just worked my way out of that season where I'm like, okay, now I'm about to go full throttle. So hold me accountable, Lunik, uh-huh. yeah. to it because um, I know. Imagine if you don't do it. Listen, the regret, like you talked about, the regret that I will feel, I can't but live with that. But you can't fulfill the purpose that he has for your, think about it like this. You are insulting God yeah. by not doing and walking in everything that he gifted you with and put in your lap. You just helped so many people right there. Mm. And me it's too. an insult. It is an insult. Lunic. Because we have to be careful what we pray and ask for, too. When we ask yes. for things, he's not going to give it to us in the blue box Tiffany ribbon that we want it to come in. <laughs> it's going to look like green slime or blue slime, or it's going to come in a package that just looks different. Right. But if we don't inspect it, evaluate it, and look at it and kind of say, hey, you know what? This I can make this a little bit prettier. I can adjust this thing a little bit different. We have to look at that and don't just toss the green box with the slimy ribbon to the side. Right. You have to, you got to work it, man. Work it, work mm. it. It works if you work it. I'm telling you. Listen, I'm ready to work. I have a pop quiz for you as we uh, prepare to wrap up this show. Mm-hmm. Listen, I don't want to wrap it up, but I know the time mm-hmm. is well spent. Yep. And I have to go to a fundraiser in oh, a little while. I don't want to hold you. Listen, because <laughs> I want you to continue doing great work. So okay. in three words or less. Describe your journey to wholeness. My journey to wholeness. Who? Okay. Three words or less. Inevitable process 
of life. I'll accept it. <laughs> um, yeah. And I love that. I wish we could spend some time on that, but it's a pop quiz, so it's, it's short mm-hmm. and sweet. Yeah. Um, what does progress look like for you? Um, progress, just moving forward, mm-hmm. like measuring it, gauging it, look at it, see where you were, see where you are, and then um, push to where it is that you want to go, challenge yourself, stretch yourself, pull yourself, like do what you think you can't do and then last after you've done it. And the last question before you share about how people can find you and what products they can expect from you in the near future. Your last question is what is one thing that people can do to live an intentional, purposeful life starting today? Be intentional, decide, and move. Scared, move. Broke, move. Afraid, move. Mm. I love that. So please, tell us how we can find you, whether that be on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you are, and let us know uh, any products or services you have. Tell us all of that good stuff so that I can link it in the show notes uh, and it can be found by any and everyone who listens to it for the duration of time that it will be up. Uh, let's see. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. I am Lunic the Messenger. I am L-U-N-I-C, the Messenger, just like that. Um, and LinkedIn, I believe it's Lunic A. Boyd or Lunic Boyd. Lunic Boyd is my real name, L-U-N-I-C-B-O-Y-D. And um, if you guys are interested in the product that we talked about, um, is uh, www.godisgreatapparel.org. Godisgreatapparel.org is where you can go get some of these awesome items we're talking about, that we awesome. talked about, that we did the pop-up. Um, right now, we're actually running a special, um, and I'm probably going to do it for the next 10 days, um, all for the culture hoodies. We have these awesome for the culture hoodies. They're like the multicolor. They're, we launched it last February for Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Please go out and get it right now. You can get it online for 40 bucks. That's really good. And I like the hoodie too. I'm going to have to pick one up. I got a yeah, pink yeah, one, yeah. but I want that for the culture one. That is yeah, for the culture right now, you can go online and get it for $40. And we're going to just keep that running for a while. And also for the culture t-shirts, you can get for $20. That is everything. And you go yep. up to all sizes? Yep. We go up to 3X. Right now, I think it's 2X online. Okay. Uh, 3X and 4X we usually have um, online. Okay. I mean, we usually have in person or someone can customize it, but we did have it during the mall and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But if someone wants it, they usually ask me, they'll DM me or they'll, you know, send a message on the website. So they can go to GodIsWayToParrel.org and they can get the information. Okay. And if someone wanted to invite you to speak, they can find you at those handles as well. They can find me at those handles and they can email me at I-A-M-L-U-N-I-C at gmail.com. So it's I-A-M-L-U-N-I-C at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening to today's show. Oh, my God. The nuggets, the meat, the whole meal that we got today (laughs) was everything. Lunix, thank you. Thank you so much for being transparent, for being, for yielding to what God would have you to say in these moments. Thank you for sharing your process um, and just for pouring out so much. Like I, I received so much and I know so many other people did. 
And so we appreciate you. um, And we can't wait to see what God has in store for you in the near and far future. We're excited. I'm excited too, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. And make sure you guys look out for the book that's coming out November 2020. We are predicting that it's going to be a bestseller. We're going to sell 1 million copies. Yes, 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 (laughs) yes. Please, please, please put it on your calendars now. November 2020, the book is coming out by Lunik. And if you know, like I know, you want to get a copy of it. Advance. We're going to make advanced copies available yes yes, i love that i love that thank you so much lunic um and continue doing what you're doing because it's amazing thank you i appreciate you michelle thank you everyone for listening god is great and i am living proof awesome 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 me too I told you guys that this was going to be an amazing episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you come back next week, next Thursday for the next episode in the journey to wholeness season. Thank you so much. I love you guys. Continue to make progress on purpose. Take care.